rugby friends and welcome to a new edition of French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Landieu and my co-host, Bill Hooper. Bill, I don't need to start the Six Nations with a magnificent opening between France in Stade de Marseille against l'Irlande, the men in green. Yes, a mouth-watering prospect tomorrow evening in the Stade Velodrome in Marseille. Um, what what a what a an event it's going to be! A tremendous game. It's almost like we've got the f- the finale in the first game, but there we are. That's the way the draw is. But no, absolutely excited beyond anything else to see the game. It's going to be an absolute cracker down there in a in a real. Boiling hot pot that is Marseille. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But you know, this time the Six Nations QV 2020-24 is slightly different from the QV 2023. You know, a few a few missing players. So of course, I have to mention it. You know, our our King Le Roi, Le Antoine Dupont won't be there. But having said that, guess what? He's going to play against Bayonne in the top 14 this weekend. So even if he's not playing with his teammates from Les Bleus, it will be gracing the pitch in Bayonne. And also from the English side, as you know. There is a massive player which is who is going to be missed as well. Uh, Owen Farrell. Of course, Farrell as well. So double double problems for Borthwick already in, in for England before we've even kicked the ball. So yeah, you've, you've lost your two of your two of your fly off options. But um, I suppose four will come in for uh, the start for England uh, against Italy in Rome on but- on Sunday. But let's speak about, obviously, uh, a, a key player that retired on the 14th of October this year. It was Johnny Sexton. No more Johnny Sexton. So the player who is going to replay Johnny Sexton will have some very big shoes to fill, that's for sure. Yeah, he certainly will. It's going to be... Uh... It'll be interesting to see how he, he copes with the with the pressure, it's, and there will be a lot. There will be a lot of pressure uh, tomorrow night in Marseille. But, um, but um, yeah, I mean, France have got one or two players missing as well. So uh, we've had the we've had the team selected. Now we know what the lineups are. So it's it's as they say, it's all to play for tomorrow night. Okay, so with the squad, because since we spoke last week, there's been a few changes. Well, yes, and there was a, a change again today on the bench for France. Uh, Roman Tarfifanou has been has been poorly all week, and unfortunately, he's not going to be fit for so he's out. And it's a, a first call up for Pasalo Tuilagi. So this, the young man has come in and will take his place on the bench. So. We could well see him feature tomorrow night. Yeah, great. I mean, great news for uh, Tinaj. He plays, I believe, right now for Perpignan. And it would be interesting to, to see him. And also, he's got some close connection with one of the new coach of Perpignan, whose name is, I forgot the first name, whose surname is Arletas. Patrick. Patrick exactly. Garcia. He was the coach of Perpignan until joined Les Bleus coaching staff. Yeah, he did, yes. And um, as I said, I said to you earlier on, I, I saw him play for France, A eh? Oh, 25 years ago. Wow, that's a long time, isn't it? Uh, when he played against England, A eh, here down here in Cornwall, in Red Ruth, in the team that featured Fabien Galtier. So 
Fabian has known him for a long, long time. So he obviously has great faith in him and has brought him in this season to take over, um, coaching the back. So, yep, it's going to be interesting to see how, how he gets on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think I read in, I think I was either in the keep or media Olympic, he said he, he was extremely surprised that uh, Fabien offered him the role. You know, they they met for lunch somewhere in, in Paris and uh, they had a very, very long lunch starting from 12 until five o'clock in the afternoon, in which, uh, you know, they had a, a very vibrant conversation. So, yeah, interesting, a breath of fresh air. Uh, um, Aretas is somebody who, I, I suppose, a bit like Marmite. Either you like him or you don't. I, I think he's a no-nonsense man, you know, so, you know, he's, he's going to be pretty tough on the guys there. So they'll have to... They'll have to sh- Shape up or shape, shape, shape out. You know, it's gonna, it's, it's, it's like that. He's gonna be quite a hard taskmaster. But I think that will go hand in hand with the the rest of the coaching staff that there is there now. Uh, you know, if you want to play for France, then you you've got to knuckle down. Yes. Uh, so, what do you think the likely strategy that Fabien is going to set up for his team to get the upper hand? God, let's not forget, you know, last time they played together was during the quarterfinal against South Africa, in which they, it was obviously, I think it was 15-14, if my memory is good, but they were slightly overpowered by by the box from a physically purposes. So do you think that Fabien has taken this into account? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. I mean, obviously, with the squad that he's got and the injuries that they've, they've unfortunately suffered, he's he's looked at to an experienced lineup. I think uh, you know we look at Yoram uh, Moafenu is is on the wing, and I mean, normally he plays centre for Bordeaux, but he, he he's played on, on the wing for France before, and a, it's a, a safe pair of hands, so. I think he's looking for experienced players in this opening game against Ireland because he knows it's going to be a really hard game, probably the the most uh, the hardest game they're going to face in the tournament. Uh, either one of these sides is likely to win the tournament, I would think. Um, whether it's a grand slam here, that's a that's a different matter. We'll have to wait and see. But no, otherwise, looking through a squad. Um, yes, I suppose at hooker you could say Julian Marchand had a. Might have come back in, but mm-hmm. uh, Malvaca has been playing really well. You know, I think he, he deserves his place, um, even though uh, Marchand is, is back fit and raring to go and has been playing well for Toulouse. But yeah, it's just a role, role reversal now with Julien on the, on the bench and he'll come on in the second half. But um, again, you look at the bench, it's a strong bench as well. There's some, some good players there. So the intensity isn't going to drop. But I think he, I think really, I think France will perhaps be, I say this guardedly really, because you say France are going to play a slightly cagey game to start off with. But uh, if it, if the opportunity is there for them to attack, they'll attack and they'll go. Uh, there are two ways about it. Um, so, yeah, I can come out with some strategy, but it could all be thrown out the window and France can play completely differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, we got Paul Gabriag who hasn't played for a little while for Les Bleus. What do you make of yeah. him? 
He's well, yeah. He's he's a big unit. They're all big units, aren't they? And he'll be with Paul Paul with Empsey in the, in the second row. So it's the the two Pauls packing down together. So uh, yes, it's going to be an interesting combination. I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll go well. And then of course the the back row, of course, Francois Cross, Charles, Charles Yvonne, and skipper Greg Audrit. Um, again, a very dynamic back row. So. Yeah, I think the pack will go well. I'm sure the pack will go well. And then you've got your, you've got that back line, which is uh, very, very uh, striking with Penno and Meafano on the wings. So I think they'll look to get the ball out wide as quickly as they can mm-hmm. uh, and really try to maximise that pace they've got on the wing, especially with, especially with Damian Penno, who's been in absolutely scintillating form this season. Mm-hmm. And at the helm of the, the the French team, obviously we mentioned last week that Gregory Aldrich, against all expectation, has been nominated to, to be the skipper. And on the Irish side, Peter Mo- O'Mahony is the one who will, uh, will be uh, the, the captain of the uh, of the men in green. So that should be. Uh, uh, a great opportunity for for, for him. Armani's been a great a great player, hasn't he, for for many years now. Um, again, I can, I can remember seeing him playing <clears throat> play for Munster down here in Cornwall once, but back in the days of the old British and Irish Cup in the Cup final against Cornish Pirates at Campbell, and I saw him there. And we could all see then, uh, you know, he, he was going to be a, an exceptional player for Ireland, and so it's proved he he really is a. a a huge influence on the field and uh, absolutely uh, enormous player. So uh, he'll, he'll certainly stamp his authority on the match, I'm sure of that. Yeah, that's amazing uh, to find out that Cornwall has actually is a hotbed for for rugby. Obviously, everybody I think has heard from the Cornish Pirates uh, and Exeter, of course, but Exeter is in Devon. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Cornwall, I beg your pardon. So it's interesting that uh, some of the iconic players, such as you know Gatier and a few others, you know played um, played down there, you know in the in the younger days. So that as yeah. well as well Arletas, you were mentioning, you saw Arletas yeah. playing there as well. Absolutely, yeah, yes, we were fortunate in the early end of the you know nineties and uh, and noughties to get some of these games down here. So it was great to see them, and yes. Um, you know, it's uh, Cornwall has always been a great hotbed of rugby going back over a hundred years. You know, we've had some many internationals who played for England. In fact, we've had internationals. Our current um, president of the the Cornwall Rugby Football Union is Andy Reid, who played second row for Scotland in the in the nineties and uh, and was a British Lion. So yeah, we, we've got a very strong tradition down here. Mm-hmm. Good to know, good to know. And Peter Mahouani, you know, did say during the press conference that he did feel the pressure. He had a conversation with Johnny Sexton, of course, a few weeks ago. And yeah, it's going to be strange for him to play without without his, his sidekick. So uh, that should be interesting. Obviously, it's more pressure because he'll be the, 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 the captain. So it's a big responsibility. Yeah, it, it, it is a big responsibility. It, 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 I mean, yes, I mean... He, he's been around for a number of years now, like I've said. So the younger players are coming through now, and let's you know, let's not let's not beat about the bush. Ireland have got uh, a really good supply chain of, of, of players that have come through. Uh, they 
they've won the Six Nations under-20s for the last couple of years, so they've got good players coming through. So, you know, we've seen them coming into the into the Ireland squad. And, yeah, like I mean, obviously like France, I mean, they were they were massively disappointed by their their exit from the World Cup at an early stage. And uh, they they feel they, they've got a, a, a case to prove and uh, a point, uh, you know, so they're, they're going to certainly be up for this in big time. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a massive, massive battle. Yes. And we mentioned, you know, uh, briefly about Paul Ga- Gabriel. You know what? I didn't realize, I did not realize that uh, Paul Gabriel hasn't played we- wearing the French jersey since uh, 20th of October 2019. Yeah. So that's a long, a long gap between uh, since his last caps, four and a half years. So. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how he goes. He's been playing well, so he, he obviously merits his inclusion in the squad. And I did say when he uh, when Fabian Gatti rang him to announce him is that he had a, a a place, you know, in the French squad. He just couldn't believe it. He, could, he wasn't expecting at all. Uh, let's not forget he hasn't played at, uh, since 2019. Uh, is is 30 years old. So reason why, of course, you know, he's been called upon to play um, for Les Bleus is because Thibaut Flamand is still... Well, he could end up playing his way into the squad. You just don't know, do you? you, you got, he's got an opportunity to, to, to shine. So you just grab it with both hands and, and give it your best. And you just hope it's going to be good enough. And it's absolutely... Colossal as well. One one meter ninety eight. He weighs one hundred fifteen kilos, and currently is the uh, captain of Stade Français. So he's been here. He's definitely has the 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 experience, you know, working at the at the top level. Yeah, and Stade have been going well in the top fourteen this season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The the confidence is there. So that's 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 great stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the uh, the French squad in action. Um, can you tell our listeners, you know, the, the 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 team formation? Well, yes, I can run through the squad for for, for our listeners. Uh, at fullback is, is Thomas Ramos. Uh, on the wings is Damian Penault and Yoram Moafana. Uh, the centre pairing is uh, Gael Ficou and Jonathan Dante. And the halfbacks is the Bordeaux pair. Of Mathieu Jalibert and Maxime Lucu. Uh, front row, Cyril Bai, Piato Marbaca, and Uni Antonio. And then in in the, the second row, the two Pauls, Gabriel and Willemsey. And then the back row, Francois Cross, Charles Livon, and Greg Aldrich, who captains the side. And the bench, it's uh, Julien Marchand, Reda Wadi, Doran Ardelegi, um, Pasolo Tuigali, Tamram Woki, Paul Boudinard, Nolan, Nolan Le, Le Garek, our, our Petit Breton, and Louis Bierri. Um, I'm sure we'll see him at some stage. Yes, and you know, one thing I have to uh, to highlight and something that was spotted as well during the press conference is uh, out of the team, you know, there are 17 players that are over the age of 30 years old. So the French team is maturing nicely, but uh, to watch out, you know, <laughs> 
for the next the next four years probably need some some new blood soon and there's gonna be very different type of dynamic i suppose now that antoine dupont has decided to take a break and invest into a rugby seven and is going to start actually playing in vancouver on the 23rd and 24th of february and then they will be off to la on the second or on third March. So I'm sure that he'll be keeping an eye on his, on his former teammates from the Six Nations. I would think so, yes. I think he'll be he'll be watching the tournament with great interest and uh, I dare say a little envy as well. But, you know, he's made his choice and uh, good luck to him. I'm sure we, we all, well, certainly all the French will wish him well in Paris in July. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, the demand for the the game on Friday evening has been absolutely phenomenal. They had three times the demand. I'm not surprised. What kind of game are you expecting? Because Fabien Gatier and Patrick uh, Aretas uh, uh, share that they would like a more attacking type of rugby. Well, I, I'm sure that each side will play to its respective strengths. I have no doubt. I dare say the Irish will kick the ball into the Marseille sky uh, and they will use their trusted up and unders and, and, and the power of their pack. Um, I think it's going to be an in, interesting uh, clash of titans when it comes to the forwards. It's going to be monstrous, I think is, is the word. It's going to be absolutely titanic. Um, now, I... Uh, <laughs> I think it's very difficult to predict, to be honest, because I think, uh, I think, uh, especially with France, you, you just you never know. You think, oh, are they going to be cautious early on, and they could completely throw that game plan out the window in the first few minutes. And like I said, if they feel that if the, the chance is there and it's on, they'll go for it. If they can get the ball and move it quickly along the, the back line, they will they will play and. I think Ireland will have to be on their toes from the off. But yes. We shall see. But as they always say, the games are always won up front. Well, yes, that, that's true to it to, to a certain degree. But with the French side, you, you, you never know. It's that improvision, that moment of magic that can turn a game. And we'll have to see who can get the most rabbits out of the hat. And it's going to be good as well to see La Charnière between Max Lucu. And his Bordeaux Bay uh, teammate, Mathieu Jalibert. They are, I think, they're a strong couple and they are used to playing together. So it would be a bit, a bit similar to what Dupont and Tamac had. You know, they don't really need to speak. They know they can, they can guess, you know, the, the type of game. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. I mean, and, and Jalibert is, is, is a very creative, instinctive player yes uh, and uh, i just like the way he he's got vision he has vision he sees things he can he can mix his game up he kicks he kicks intelligently so uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how he plays and as you say their club com- is a club combination so they know each other's games inside out so it's going to bring uh, a lot of pluses to the, to the mm-hmm. french side but at international level you don't always have a time that you have at club club level, so it's it's going to be. Uh, I'm sure Ireland will be on him, on Jalibert and and Luku, like rashes, 
they'll be all over them. But it's just a question of how quickly they can get the ball out. We'll see. It'll all unfold. Yes, at uh, nine o'clock French time, so eight o'clock English time. Then followed by the game in Stade Olimpico in between Italy and England. So I think, you know, Italy has ramped up over the last 12 months. So let's, uh, let's see what they can do. Because I recall last year, France, big shock, <laughs> nearly lost against Italy. The, the score, final score was very, very, uh, very small. I think there were about four, five point differences. So that's, uh, I wonder whether Italy is going to, to provoke a surprise. It's always nice when Italy wins. <laughs> It's so rare these days. I think last time was against Wales. And talking about Wales, on 3rd of February as well, they're going to play against Scotland. So your score, um, France against Ireland. What the score do you think are going to be, Gabriel? Um, oh dear me. I, I, I think France, Will win. I think it. I don't think there'll be an awful lot in it. Let's say 28-20. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, we'll have to check. Italy against Angleterre. Well, <laughs> you, you, have, you have to go. You have to go with England, don't you? Well, I, you think England are going to win. I think if England score early and get on top earlier, then I think they will win quite comfortably. If, if Italy can score first and perhaps get a, a second score soon after, then that could end up sowing a few seeds of doubt in the England team. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. We shall, you know, Italy are certainly improving. And one of these days... They will be England. Whether it's going to be on Saturday or not, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I suppose if I've got to go for a score prediction in this particular game, I suppose I shall have to go for an England win. And I think that could be in, in the region of 35 to 17. 35 to 17, okay. Not like the 50 or... 52. Um, no. Okay, good. And the last game, Wales against Scotland. Well, yes, that's going to be a very interesting game. Um, I, I don't know what to make of this Welsh side at the moment. It's yes. Going be, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they bed down. I think Scotland, Scotland are certainly a well-drilled side. Um <sighs> I, I've got to be honest. I, I fancy Scotland for this particular game. Mm -hmm. I, I think Scotland. I think Scotland could win this in Cardiff. So I'm going to go uh, for a Scottish win in Cardiff, but by 24 points to 15. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll see whether you're right or not. Shall we talk briefly about the top 14? You see, we still have Antoine Dupont playing this weekend and then yeah. he will be off to pasture new. But uh, what's the ranking now? I think it's still, Racing is still at the top. Uh, Racing well, 92. Racing still, still on top, yes. They're three points ahead of uh, Stade Francais. Correct. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, to lose one 
they, they won at, uh, at Racing last Sunday by 27 points to 20. So um, a good result to lose there. So uh, Racing, uh, Racing's uh, lead has been cut a little bit there. Yeah, so you are right. Racing 92, followed by Stade Francais with 37 points, as well as Bordeaux Blègle, 37, Stade Toulousain, 36, Toulon, 36, Pau, 32. So, oh, uh, not that many points uh, separating, you know, the, the five teams below Racing 92. No, it's very, very tight, very tight indeed. And uh, when you look, When you look further down the table, uh, there was a, a, a Lyon had a good win in uh, against Perpignan, 36-24. So that that's lifted them a bit of, uh, above uh, uh, Perpignan in the table. And uh, there we are, Bayonne beat uh, and uh, Montpellier had a had a, a a good win against Poe, who've been riding quite high, but seem to be slipping down the table a little bit now. So. So Montpellier are now only one point behind, or you're now at the foot of the table. So they're beginning to climb their way up, the, you know, up the table. They've cut the gap because it was quite a big gap, if you remember. Montpellier were a drift, but they've, they've mm-hmm. managed. They've now managed to to catch up with the other team. So they're just one point behind um, Perpignan and Oyonnax. So they'll be looking to climb again. Very good. So it looks like that Bernard Laporte is working his magic over there. So yeah, it's good. it looks like he's beginning to get some results there, which is good. And I'm sure the president of Montpellier will be absolutely delighted. Mohamed Altrat, yes, absolutely. Uh, so after Pau, seven is Castres with 31 points. La Rochelle, 31 points. Clermont, 30 points. Bayonne, 28 points. Lyon, 24 points. And then the last three, Perpignan, Oyonna and Montpellier, 21-21-20. So very, very tight. And we are halfway through the top 14. So what an exciting competition to watch. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly is. And I think there'll be plenty more twists and turns in that, in that competition for the second, second half of the, the league season. All right. Bill, I know what you're going to do this evening, so will I, okay? We'll be watching TV, not in Marseille, unfortunately, but hey, c'est, c'est la vie. You'll be wearing your beret, your French jersey, uh, drinking a red wine and eating a saucisson. Is that correct? Is it what you told me? <laughs> I, I, yes, indeed, that is correct. I shall be having that. I shall make sure that uh, my son hasn't drunk all the red wine. <laughs> but, but we shall be. Uh, yes, <laughs> Don't have a, a little bit of mini ambiance, the, the, the picnic double match. That's perfect. That's why we like it, you know, just before the first, uh, the first uh, meet-on. That, that's, that's for sure. That's, uh, that's going to be a great, great one. So, rugby friends, hope you will have a wonderful overall weekend as well, like we all are going to have. And finally, it's here. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Avec lui dit boum et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.